You've been putting off that remodel, something new around your house, been sitting there long enough and you want something taken care of, I would recommend using the company that I use, and that would be Executive Properties. Um, You're going to be dealing with a guy that has been doing this his entire adult life and does it at an amazing pace with amazing craftsmanship in Barry Romo and his crew at Executive Properties. I've used them a million times, and I'll... I'd love to use them a million more. Uh, you will not be disappointed in this advice. Their phone number is 701-330-1273. Again, that is Barry Romo at Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Tell them Mark Rusted sent you. Believe me, you will not be disappointed. They stand by their work, and if it can be built. In fact, Barry Romo can build it. These guys are pros, pros. Um, I mean, we've had them do everything from large decks off hanging off of apartment complexes to simply patio doors, entry doors, windows. I mean, these guys can do it. So, and that is not where their expertise ends. I mean, They'll do bathrooms, store siding, concrete, cabinets, trim, tile. You get the picture. That's executive properties. I'll hit the number one more time. 701-330-1273. And give them a call. Tell them Mark Rusted with Common Sense Uncensored sent you. And you'll be thanking me later. And if you're going to buy me a beer for that great advice, it's Mick Golden Light. Um so with that, welcome to Common Sense Uncensored. This is episode 11, and I have back somebody that joined me in the early stages, I want to say episode three-ish, my buddy Dave Owen. Dave, thanks for showing up, buddy. Thanks for having me on, Mark. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. It's another beautiful summer day, and we, I mean, you know, honestly, our winters are so long, generally speaking here, that it's tough to complain, even if it's in the 80s and 90s. Um, because we get so little of it here that we're we're hardly living in uh, Miami, so um, I'll take it. I I have a rule in my house: no one's allowed to complain about how hot it is, and so because of the fact that we're in the cold tundra, you know, the bulk of our of our year. So just be happy with what you got. Um, what's going on with you today, Dave? Well, you know, just living the life, coming in, talking to my buddy Mark. You join that weather? Yeah, uh, you can tell. I'm digging it. Yes. I'm digging it. <laughs> the tropical polo. We're going to have Katie on here, too, with us, I think, uh, from time to time. I, I've been told that the feminine touch to the Common Sense Uncensored show is a much is a much needed. I think the, the listeners are hearing just a little bit too much uh, testosterone flowing because I haven't had all that many female guests. And so that... And uh, I'm guessing that, Dave, you're totally fine with uh, yeah. Katie and I, and you, you doing a little podcast. Katie, how are you today? Doing good. Did how you, are you guys? How was your weekend? Did you make it back to the Grace Lake this weekend? I didn't. I was there last weekend, and it was just awesome. The weather was so nice. I think you got a small problem. You picked a green shirt with a green screen. I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> I might have to throw on the GFBS shirt like I did this morning. It's funny. Yeah. So Katie's a floating head. <laughs> I'll put a shirt on. It looks weird, but for all those that are not watching, that are just listening, Katie is in fact wearing a shirt. It just matches the color of the green screen. Yes, correct. So, 
so Dave, Dave, there's some interesting stuff going on right now. One thing is a recall effort in District, was it 24? It's 24, Representative Kiefert. In District 24, Representative Kiefert. He is, I, I heard him in a different media outlet, basically uh, blaming radicals. Um, you and I probably see this differently. Um, could make for a great discussion. What is your take? So my take is this is a continuation of the so-called Bastiat takeover where a series of Bastiat individuals tried to run and take over districts, and they really used two things as the rallying cry. The first was that they need to make North Dakota more conservative, which is, I think most people could agree in the Republican Party that sometimes we're not as conservative as we like. But the second thing was they created this litmus test in the form of the Luke Simons expulsion. And so they have used that as their rallying cry to censor legislators, and now it appears that the censors haven't gone far enough, so they're going to do recalls. And what a recall is, is you go and you collect a bunch of signatures, and if you get enough, that person's popped on the ballot, and they're forced to go through a, basically a snap election. And so that's what they're trying to do to Representative Kiefer. And I, I don't think it's right. I know in District 17, there was an attempt to censure uh, Mark Sanford, and Ray Holmberg was mentioned too by somebody whom I've never even seen. Um, at any sort of Republican uh, gathering, and um, he was completely out of line. Um, he, quite frankly, he acted like a complete jackass. Um, his, his and it was about like a, a, a vote or something where he disagreed with with Mark and Rayon. Well, that and, was the weird one in seventeen because trying to censure Ray Holmberg was the, the crazy part because he said it was over the Luke Simons expulsion. Ray Holmberg never got to vote on that because, for those who don't know, Ray Holmberg is a senator, and the expulsion vote was in the House, which means, as a result, Ray never even got to vote. So he was going to censure Ray over a vote he never made? He was more focused on, on Mark Sanford, who, in all fairness, and i, I got to put this out there so that at least it, it's on the record, I am extremely fond of of his wife, Gloria. She was my second grade teacher. I'd take a bullet for her any day. So my glasses could be a little fogged on this, but if you're going to censure a guy over one vote, to me that's completely asinine. I mean, to me a censure is something that happens after like a, a, a history of a behavior that you know, or or just completely going back on what you said that you were going to do when you ran and doing the opposite. Like, that might be where a censure comes in. But over a vote, and I want to say it was about uh, trannies playing, oh, that's not PC, transgenders playing uh, women's sports. I think that was the vote that, that that he was upset about. And you know what? I disagree with, with Mark on that vote, too. But I would in a million years never vote to censure a man over something like that. It was one vote. Yeah, we, we can disagree and we can be adults. I mean, I, I don't think Mark made the right call there. Um, but that's the process, right? If everyone agreed 100% of the time, you wouldn't need democracy. You wouldn't need a representative republic. The reality is we don't all agree. And someone who agrees with you 90% of the time does not deserve to be basically kicked out of the party. Well, because that's, that's what a censure really is—is is it's removing an individual's right to speak, and it's a strong condemnation. Yeah, and I totally agree. And I, you know, to be honest with you, when I was asked to run for that chair seat, which I wound up being vice chair, I didn't even realize that that was a, a power that they had over the representatives that you could basically just shut them up. I had no idea that was the case. 
um, just because, well, I'd never been in that chair before. But, I mean, the guy that was trying to do it, I mean, he showed up in a cutoff shirt, and he was just boisterous and loud and mean and, and rude right in front of his wife, whom I already mentioned I'm very, very fond of. And so, yeah, you're not, you're not going to win over too many people. I mean, you catch more flies with honey, Katie. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, about what? Well, basically, a bunch of folks from a specific district telling the legislators shut the hell up because he made one bad vote. In their opinion, maybe, maybe it wasn't even a bad vote, but in their opinion, it was. Oh, not good. Not good. I don't know. Uh, it just seems like it's over the top and a little bit too much. Um, oh. Go ahead, David. Well, now these people have decided that that's not even enough. Now they want to remove these people from office. And the plot thickens because of the district. The reason that Kiefert's district is so noteworthy is the one that it is, which is District 24, which is the former seat of Representative Dan Johnston. Um, now, Dan Johnston is kind of the flag bearer of the Bastiats when it comes for higher office because he ran against Thomas Beadle for state treasurer. And in doing so, he had to give up his seat. I'm going to jump in real quick. The Bastiats, for anybody not listening, is the title that I'm not sure if they gave it to themselves or it was given to them, but it's basically the extremely conservative branch of the Republican Party within the state. Uh, You know, Rick Becker, uh, Luke Simons is, I guess, a member. Um, I don't even know if they actually have a membership per se. Not anymore. Um, but but I mean, their 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 values probably align pretty closely with my own. I mean, I'm an, I'm not in one of those positions, but if I were, I'm not sure that I'd necessarily join them, but I'd probably vote like them pretty often. Well, that that that's another topic is red light versus Bastiat, um, and Bastiat came from Rick Becker starting basically what was a book club at the time. Um, under the readings of Frederick Bastiat, who is a French libertarian philosopher, and he named the caucus after him to try and move the party towards a more conservative stance. Um, But basically, back to what I was trying to say is, because Dan had to give up his seat, they replaced Dan with uh, with a Christensen. And there are three Christensen brothers, two of them ran for office, and one of them is a very prolific volunteer for Bastiat campaigns. And so Dan can't run again against one of the Christiansons that he put there because it would split their own party. So by doing a recall election, they split it because Christensen won't be up. So it'll be Dan, the theory goes, it'll be Dan Johnson directly against Kiefer, and then it'll be a full district takeover by the Bastiats while protecting their own seat. And that's what makes this super interesting in that regard. Now, of course, I, I am required to say that Dan is denying this. He's claiming he has no involvement with it. Hendricks is denying it, although I assume Hendricks is involved. So this seems like a way to remove Kiefer without risking the seat they picked up and to protect the Christiansons. You could be, yeah, you could be right on that. I know that, like, if that's a, it's a if that's a pretty conservative district, you you'd probably get some pushback. Um, I don't know how, what the makeup of that district is, but. If it's a if it's a relatively conservative one, his voting record also isn't very conservative. He was ranked very low, and I believe it. I believe it was Rick Becker that came on with um, uh, somebody on the radio that basically said, "Well, there's four people getting um, recalled, and there was like seventy some people that voted against Luke Simons." You know, so uh, is it really about that, or is this just sort of? 
a way to make an enemy, you know, to, to put a name to the enemy of the Bastiats and and basically turn more people against them. And I don't know. I could go either way. I'm, see, I'm not in these circles. I'm kind of watching from afar. And but I do, I do think you know, recall is a powerful tool. If he's not, if he's not voting the way the voters that put him in that chair believe that he ought to be, when they initially voted for him. But maybe, maybe it's a purple district, and maybe he's doing what they want. And this is what you're saying. It, it's certainly not a purple district. It's it's tilted more and more red over time. But what I'm saying is that district there, are two seats in the House, one seat in the Senate. Because how North Dakota works. They ran Dan Johnston and Kiefer together in 2016. They both win. Um, Johnson decides not to run in 2020 to seek the treasurer's race. As a result, I believe it's Grant Christensen runs with Kiefer, and they both get elected. But if they only recall Kiefer in 2022, they get to put Dan back in without having to risk giving up Grant because Grant fi- finished second. So the fear from the strategy side is if we run Dan and Grant, we're not going to pick up any seat. We're going to cause a big fight amongst ourselves, and we're not going to get anywhere. And so by only recalling Kiefer, they've made it so that they, they're running a single election where they can put their guy back in. So it's pure political strategy. This is politics, folks. This is what, this is what goes into it. It's not me running against Katie and putting our ideas on the table and who has ever got the better ideas win. It's, it's uh, basically conniving and trying to strategize. And, you're, you know, it's a game of 3D chess to try to get extra votes for things that you want passed. This is politics. Katie, your thoughts? See, I just don't know enough about this stuff, like Kiefer, the seats. I just don't know. I'm just, like, listening in. Well, it, it's hard. It, it's a, yeah. yeah it's it, a lot. You have to follow it close, like Dave does, yeah. because I, I wouldn't have known the angles that he just mentioned. I he's But he follows this stuff. He lives it and breathes it, and that's how you can come up with hypotheses that are probably accurate that – you know, explain certain actions. Like, so, how, you know, there's whatever, however many people voted to to, to remove Luke Simons from the Senate for uh, being a sexual harasser. Well, only a handful of them are getting, are getting uh, recalled, or there's an effort to recall just a handful of them. Well, why not everyone? Well, I, I will give the other side a little bit of credit on the why not everyone. It doesn't make sense to recall someone who's up for election in five months, right? So a lot of these people who are in odd districts are going to be up for election anyway. So why recall someone if there's going to be a regular election for them? So when you narrow the pool down, you go from 80 Republicans to 40 who are potentially up for re-election. Not exactly, but similar to that. And of the 40, they're now trying to recall four. 10% is a pretty substantial number. But if it's if it's strictly that Luke Simon's expulsion issue, you, and that that's what you're going to point to, you go for all of them, right? Uh, I I don't think so. You don't like like for example, you wouldn't do it against a uh, a uh, Steve Vetter as an example. Steve Vetter votes to expel Luke Simon's, but he is with that particular group enough where it wouldn't be worth getting rid of Steve compared to, say, a um, Shannon Roars-Jones. So there are certain ones you want to go after because they're never with you, 
but there are other ones you don't because they're with you enough. Well, also, Steve was the, like the highest vote getter, I think, in Grand Forks. Right. You, so you're not going to get rid of Steve. Steve it ain't going to happen. Steve's, Steve's very likable. He's very relatable. And in my opinion, that district is untouchable, especially now that they expand it to it you know, include more conservatives because they're going to, that district might run all the way to Manville. I mean, Steve, Steve Vetter might wind up being Terry Bierke's rep, you know, because Terry moved out of Grand Forks over to Manville and, and it looks like they're going to lose their district and get absorbed by, by uh, Vetter and Meyer and uh, Mox. Uh, So, so maybe Steve was a bad example. That Um, that makes Mox pretty vulnerable too. Well, you mean the guy who only won by what? 13 votes is is vulnerable. (laughs) Say it ain't so, Mark. <laughs> well, he, he was at one time probably our most popular politician here in town, and maybe still is. Who knows? I mean, he, he was a minority leader. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you expand that district to include a bunch of rural areas, you get you can add up to 13 pretty quick, David. I, yeah. I think Corey uh, might want to switch parties, or he might be sitting this next session out. Well, well fun fact, people have asked him to switch parties, multiple people. Multiple times. Um, and he has, every time people have asked him, he has basically declined in varying levels of respect. Um, I know for a fact multiple Republicans who are prominent in town, and I'm not going to say who they are, but I know for a fact multiple Republicans have asked Corey to join the Republican Party. And it goes all the He's way to the, like here's the, the Republican caucus chairwoman allegedly asked. I can't confirm that one. But she allegedly asked a couple of years ago. I know multiple people in town have. Corey is just like me. He's a married man. And you still got to go home and deal with that wife. And I, I, she's a pretty stout Democrat. I don't anticipate him switching parties. Um, oh, it ain't going to happen. I don't think so. The, <laughs> it's, it, I mean, Corey votes pretty I mean, I would say a borderline right of center. He votes a lot like Kiefer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they probably try to recall him anyways. Maybe this is all for naught. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, that constant, uh, the uh, uh, term limits. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God, We've talked enough about Kiefer and, and that stuff. The, I mean, the Bastiats are, are in a fight with, it's basically Becker versus Bergham. It'll get played out. Um, I don't know how long Bergam wants to even sit in that chair. I think he found out pretty quick that he's pretty – there's a lot more that goes into it than just running a state. I mean, you become just, you know, a czar essentially. And so I, I don't – I don't. who knows what the future of Doug Bergam is. Um, he's certainly got enough money to retire if he wanted to. But that yeah, we can just set that aside. This, this term limit thing though is interesting, and I do think we're on opposite sides of this. Oh, this thing is this is an example of bad idea meets stupid policy. Okay, then maybe we're on the same side. Um, <laughs> but so there, there's three problems I have with this. One, one is the political optics, and we'll just completely shelf that because that's what I go to when it's more complicated than it seems. The bigger problem I have with it is the fact that it's not going to work and who you're shifting power to. So under their proposal, they want to make it so that every elected official in the state, with a couple of exceptions, but we'll say 90% of the elected officials at the statewide level, are subject to term limits. 
So state senators, state representatives, the governor, and a couple other executive offices would be subject to it. Interestingly, the auditor wouldn't. Um, and they want to cap the terms at eight years. And they're going to give you a little bit of extra time to work it in. But that's what they're trying to do. See, and, and I have not given this enough thought to have like an extremely good opinion on it. Um, quite simply, my life is too busy to opine on things like this. But at first glance, m- my opinion is definitely um, eight years is not enough. If if you're going to put term limits in, eight years is not enough because that's just a just a handful of terms. Like my buddy Scott, you know, who, whose campaign you ran, Scott Meyer, he'd be done after this one. Yeah, and he and he'll be the first one to tell you that he's learning every single time he goes back. There's a lot to learn, and I do believe there's a possibility that that lobbyists and staff fill that that void. That power void. So that's, that's the scarier thing is there's no staff. They don't have staff in the traditional sense. So it won't even be staff, Republican staff. So speak, it'll be agencies. Because as someone who's had to sit there in those hearings, and they drag, there are people who are come and they testify on behalf of the agency and they explain from a very biased perspective what a bill will do and they explain why it's important. And, and I'll give you an example of why you don't want the agencies making decisions. There were, in this state, a period of time where we were doing a lot of extra projects, and as a result, certain agencies' budgets rose. And so once they did that... (laughs) um, Sneaky, Dave. (laughs) Subtle as a hatchet. (laughs) Um, Anyway, they, they had a temporary increase in their budget, and it was a significant increase. And then they came back and said, well, we want our budget to remain the same. Well, if you haven't been there, you're going to see, okay, we're just approving the same budget as last year and not realize that this is a 10 or 15% increase in their budget. And so the agency is going to present us, yeah, you're just approving the same budget that the people before you approved, when in reality you're approving a greatly enhanced budget because the previous one had a one-time special fund in there. And if you don't have experience, you won't know that. You, You just won't, and you'll grow government. And if you don't understand the nuts and bolts of what's happening in judiciary... You could make some really dumb changes really quickly. Government is like a raspberry bush, Katie. Yeah. You, you give it any water, and it will grow and grow and grow and grow. And the water is the staff. So if 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 I'm sitting here as a landlord or whatever, and I get offered a cush-ass job in Bismarck, swear jar, damn it, swear jar again. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting all show to push that. I know, and you probably get more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if <laughs> oh, never mind. Well, here, I'll, I'll, you, I'll, I'll put it on you for a second. But if you're offered a cushy job, you're going to want to continue that job, no, no matter what the agency is. I mean, name one. I mean, they've all got a million letters. And so you just became part of the water that feeds the raspberry bush, the beast. That is the... Once you get into it, you can't get out. You can't. And there, there's nothing more permanent than temporary spending. Oh, there's no... Dave and, and Carrie... Or Katie. Katie. Um, I, I was going to switch your name to Carrie. Is that cool? Or should yeah, we stick I, with Kate? I see she's watching. Oh, she, I thought you were going to call me Carrie Ann for a second. Maybe that's why I accidentally said that. <laughs> I was peeking at the list. Um, but so we, we had record spending this year. 
and still came back with like a billion dollar surplus before you count the Corovis virus stimulus. Corovis, my mouth isn't working today. Wow. The COVID virus uh, stimulus money, which is like another billion. So, I mean, these people, they cannot find enough ways to spend money and they still have it left over. So do you think they overtaxed us? Because that would be the feeling I get. Because if, if they were to take that billion-dollar surplus that did not come from the federal government, that came from the citizens, if they were to take that and chop it up and give it to every, you know, 18-plus that's uh, been living in North Dakota for, I don't know, let's say six months or a year or something, I mean, I'm not going to sit and do the math and pull up the calculator app on my phone, but you're probably in that, I don't know, 3000 4000 range wouldn't you be per per 18 plus it's got to be in that vicinity it would be uh call it 1200 dollars, approximately 1200 dollars. you're not counting kids are you i'm counting all 750,000 people figure 500,000 adults 2000 apiece i think there's more kids than adults there are 500,000 eligible voters in the state last i checked really man you got a good memory and, and that's also you do it like, long enough. Like, yeah. um, like, why would you check that? That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got approximately 500,000 eligible voters in the state. And the reason I know that is we have roughly 70% voter turnout, and the voter turnout was roughly 350,000. So call it 500,000 voters in the state, 500,000 times 10, 5 million times 100, 50 million times 1,000, 500 million times 2, 2,000 a person, 2,000 an adult. Well, that was on-air math. It, wow. Calculator app might have been a better route. <laughs> no, I, I love the sound effects board. That's like my favorite part. We got Katie on the buttons today. When's your birthday, Katie? November 7th. November 7th? Was it, isn't that like close to election day or something? November 7th. It's close enough. It's my birthday! Oh, my button. So... No, but, almost, yeah, almost it's legal. Happy early birthday, Katie. From, oh, thank from, you. From yeah, Grant Common Sense Uncensored. So generous. Yeah, well, that's hey, it's what we're here for. Maybe I'll yeah. make myself a post using the Facebook page. Yeah. You, you should. Are, are you one of those, Katie, are you one of those people that celebrates your birthday like for an entire month? Do you have, or do you have like a birthday month party? I mean, I know my dad's girlfriend, whenever it's anyone's birthday month, she, she puts up a balloon on our door and it stays up the whole month. So, so kind of yes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I've noticed, I've got some Facebook friends that are really into their birthdays as well. I Myself, I've forgotten mine on several occasions. You've forgotten your birthday? Many times. 18th birthday, it wasn't for like six days later when I, because uh, I had altered my ID to, to, <laughs> bu- to, buy, to buy Chew, and, and uh, oh. I, I showed up to the gas station. She's like, oh, happy belated birthday, and I'm like, yeah, what thanks. the hell? <laughs> it, is my, it was my birthday. Yeah. Like, we're that was before Facebook. Now everyone's a birthday freaking expert, oh, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, the that maybe that's the only good thing that I can even think of about Facebook is the fact that you never birthdays. miss your friend's birthdays, birthdays anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. Facebook memories, not so much. No, nah. no. I've been told, I've been told that, um, or by Facebook rather, that it was my birthday. And that was the first person that told me. So it's not just remembering friends. It's sometimes it's remembering your own. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. I've never had that happen, but maybe one Birthdays day. suck as you get older. Birthdays. See, I don't care. It's like I was, oh, 16th birthday. Yeah, let's go. But I don't really care. Wait about, it's just another day. 
28. Yeah, wait till you hit that one. You're just like, eh. Your next one's a big uh, one, though, young Katie. 21. Yeah, that's you've you got to be looking forward to that one a little bit. Yeah, I know my first stop. I'm looking at it. Oh, it's going to be, it can't be rumors. Come on. Well, it your probably first stop will be. Your 21. Does your birthday fall know. on a Monday? A Sunday. Oh, it's a Sunday. It's a Sunday, the worst day. Yeah, well, well, that rules out my favorite bar. <laughs> I was going to say we could uh, close Sundays. I could buy you one after the show next that that Monday, November, or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm still experimenting on what I like. I don't know what I like. Experiment. Experimenting. You're not allowed to experiment. You're under 21. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I think Uh-oh. you just broke. I think you just broke rule number one. Whoa. Don't get caught. Hopefully there's no cops listening. I forgot we're live. Young Katie's going to get in trouble. Oh, young Katie. <laughs> I, never get, I never get in trouble. Well, that's good. Never Oops. get in trouble. And as long as you don't drive, nobody cares. Yeah. So somehow segueing back to uh, the yeah, money. Yeah, let's see how good you are at this radio thing. How, yeah. how can you transition this? Um, so what I want to do is I, I want... Instead of putting that $1 billion directly back to citizens, I want to build what's called a sovereign wealth fund. And what that is is it's like our legacy fund. You put it away, you invest it, and you create returns. And I'll tell you why, ultimately. Because I want to be in a situation where all taxes are zero and we're living off the returns of the sovereign wealth fund. And in order to do that, we're spending, uh, call it $10, 14000000000 billion a biennium, $7 billion a year, $7 billion times... You need roughly $70 billion, and all taxes in the state could be completely set to zero forever in perpetuity. Yeah, but Dave, think how big the government will be by the time we raise $70 billion. So that number will no longer hold up because the government will be three times the size it is now. The only people that won't be working for the government will be me and Katie doing the show. Oh, you think I'll be working for the government? I, I, if they <laughs> offer you a big enough number, you're going to turn it down? Yeah, uh, depends, Maybe. Depends on the number. Well, I think everyone's got their number. I mean, I could be convinced to start selling off apartment buildings if the number's nice enough. I could probably be convinced to do about anything as long as my kids are going to be fine. I think Jen also would have a say. I she, saw Jen's comment. D- d- <laughs> depends on the number. I mean, it's right here, Mark. Oh, here we go. You forget oh. about the phone. It's right there. I always do. <laughs> I got my glasses on, too, so I can't actually see this. Good job. Yeah, the, the problem with looking at that TV screen, by the way, is what? the blinding light from the seat. Oh, I yeah. can't see that's, diddly. That's typical. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, at least my wife tuned in to watch. Yeah, you know, Jen it, always tunes it, in at a minimum. Uh, we had who do we have? We had uh, Emily O'Brien last week. That yeah, one, that, that one was interesting. That was my most watched show as far as I could tell on on Facebook views. Well, it's Emily. Yeah, she you know she's she's a smart. Cat. Uh, Future appropriator. You think so? Oh, yeah. Really? So if yeah. she stays with it, you think she'll be an appropriation? So she'll take what, Ray's chair? Well, no, Ray's Senate, remember? Oh, shit. Yeah. You're, Sanford. You're... Okay. When Mark goes. <laughs> because when, when Mark goes, and Mark is not going to be there much longer, uh, four years at tops. He... I, I think maybe he runs again, but not after that. So in four, six years. I think it'll be Emily if she stays in. See, this is closed circuit to Jen. If you're still listening, you've got to run me some cash out here. The, <laughs> the swear jar uh, is, is really taking me for a ride here. But see, that sort of stuff is why you can't do an eight-year term limit. Because look at um, appropriations. Because right? of swear jars? No, 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 no. <laughs> because what well, I was talking okay. about with Emily, where she's going to replace um, Sanford. 
most of the appropriators don't start as appropriators. You start in a committee, you work where you're up to committee chairman, and then you get moved to appropriations. Or you're there long enough, you get moved to appropriations. And so by the time you know enough to be handling the money, which is what appropriations is, you need to, you need to be there eight years to even be at the point where you understand the budget and the revenue streams enough to allocate the money. Let me ask you a question. If they were trying to implement this term limit policy, but instead of eight, it was like 16, what would your thought be on it then? Now it makes sense, right? Because now you can spend about eight years learning. Learning. And I, I want to clarify something because people think eight years learning is a long time. North Dakota, eight years learning is the equivalent of four 90-day sessions. It's really only a year of actual experience in the legislature. That's a great point because if you think back to your job, you're, you're, you're learning. From, I'm still learning. I've been doing the same thing for 16, 17 years. I'm still learning. And so there's always, and these are the people setting policy for the so state. When you hear a quote-unquote eight-year term limit, they meet every other year for roughly 90 days. So after serving for four full year, four years, you have six months experience of being a legislator. Well, that's if you put it in those terms, it, that it, it definitely gives you another way to look at it. But here's the thing. I think it's going to pass by the, based on the way that it's worded. And so I think we are going to wind up stuck with this. Uh, you know, and I, well, I, it's not going to be the only thing that passes. I think your marijuana thing is going to pass, too. I do, too. I, I, I'm, I'm very confident. I, I got a real good feeling about that one. And, I'm, and to be honest with you, I know you're passionate about it. I couldn't give a f- <laughs> just about heaven. No. Uh-oh. I, 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 Don't I, worry, Jennifer. He prepaid. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the marijuana thing is just, I, I think it's dumb policy. And I, I don't like my friends going to jail. But. Back to term, the term limiting. So two terms is one year's experience. I think 16 years, okay, now you're talking, you've had your full year of experience, you can set your policy and advance your agenda for a year. What do you think? A little about- short, but it would work. It's doable. Yeah, I th- that, w- that would be something that where you could get me on board. At eight, I, I don't... I don't have a lot of interest in it. It's, I thought you were on the other side of this to me. I didn't realize we were in agreement. No, this, what I'm on it is, I, I think that they should, it should be 16 across both chambers. So I don't think you should be able to switch chambers. Well, and here, So it should be for the full legislature. And I, I was also going to bring up the Mayor Mahoney and Fargo thing. Um, why you don't, the terms versus years thing. The way Jared's uh, putting that down, though, is, in my opinion, just a little bit disingenuous. He says, like, well, that, you can do eight years in the Senate, then you can eight, do eight years in the House, then you can be the governor for eight years. How many people are going to be able to pull that off? So, essentially, you're an eight-year, and that's it. Because that's not... Maybe 16. It, under his, I could see a world where you do 16. Because I could see you going from House to Senate, because I know per- people that have done it. Cruen did it. What percentage, though? Single digits? Cruen, Diane, um, I think Dwyer. I, I'd say 10%. 10-15%. Okay, so you would be my napkin guess. I know I know for a fact it's at least five. I think it's lower. I think it's lower than ten or fifteen percent. I just there is some anecdotal evidence of people being able to do it. And I suppose so I guess here's the angle that they, they could use. So I suppose if you and I ran and you were running for the Senate and I was running for the House and we both won re election. So we did our eight years, and then we flipped. 
and we had agreement with one another that that's what was going to be our goal, then I suppose it's a, it's a more manageable thing. Well, that won't work because two House reps per district. No, I'm saying if I was the Senate and you were the House and we had an agreement with one another, the other person would be screwed. Yeah, you're creating a patronage model, which, right. which, which is code for corruption. That starts getting real corrupt real quick because then the senators can basically bribe the reps. Sure, absolutely. And now you've made things much worse. Say, I'll, you, know, you do this for me and I'll swap with you instead of... Yeah, I'll, you know, pay, I'll, I'll name you my successor. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you do that with enough name recognition, it's going to work out. Right, and what scares me most about term limits is you're going you're gonna to let the agencies run the legislature because no one's going to have the experience or knowledge to deal with them. Do I think that 16 years is reasonable? Yes. I, I think what they should have done is 16 total time served in the legislature. If you're going to do it. I'm not huge on term limits, but if you're going to do it, 16 total time. That, that's, 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 a, that's a reasonable middle ground, in my opinion. I think eight is just silly. I mean, not enough time. It, it's just, it, it's it, just not. I mean, if we were Washington, D.C., and you were there every single day, it's different. Though. 365, maybe eight makes sense. Maybe eight makes sense in D.C., but in a state where you're only going 90 days every other year, eight years is madness. Absolute madness. It's bonkers. Yeah, and there's a lot of people in favor of it, too. It's just and Even people that have been serving for longer than eight years that are in favor of it. Well, Maybe so, because they know that won't affect them. But it, well, here's the rub. If you're, if you're let's say, um, God, if you're trying to pick someone who I'm not going to pick, who I know well enough, but also I don't want to pick them. If you're, say, um, just name a name. Guy, guy in the wheelchair, guy who's di- literally dying. If you're Kaiser, okay. if, if you're Kaiser, you don't, you don't care. Because the reality is Kaiser will not be there in two to three years. Kaiser will be dead. So he... Is this news to Kaiser that we're breaking on the show? No, no. <laughs> I, I think everyone knows that Kaiser will likely be dead in two years. He's at the point where he's in an assisted wheelchair, can't oh, okay. walk. He's in, he's in rough shape. So if you're in that situation or if you're very old, like if you're Jeff Delzer, who was already lost and is only there by the grace of God because his opponent literally died of COVID. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> okay. Then, of course, they're going to support because they know they're not coming back. If you're 75, 80 years old, you don't care because you're not going to live to 92, which is how old you'd have to be to run again. Well, you might. You're throwing a lot of cold water on a lot of people's, uh, you know, long-term health yeah. goals. Statistically speaking, <laughs> you will if you if you make it to 92, you are the exception, not the rule. So I want you mm. to tell Katie how long she's going to live, how many November 7th she's going to see. Um, 100. Woman, probably 90. 80, probably 82. I think 82? the statistic's 82. Dang. Men is 77, I believe, and women is in the low 80s. I don't know what... Men, men, okay. men don't live as long, but I think it's 77 for men, 82 for women. Men don't live as long because of all the stress that women yeah. put on them. That's, mm-hmm. that's why. And I think us getting drunk on a boat going 90 miles an hour <laughs> may have something to do with it, too. Yeah, well, that's, that, that, that's possible. But here's what I, I, that's always bothered me about the difference between men and women is these women, they, they slide a kid out, and then they act like they know what it's like to have a cold as a man. It's just literally to, to get this, to get a cold with a slight fever as a man is 
umpteen times more difficult than childbirth. Prove me wrong. <laughs> your, Katie, your thoughts? Oh, I don't, I don't have any thoughts. <laughs> okay. Well, Hard life. It, getting, a, getting a cold is a man. See, women handle colds better. They're, they're like wired and like designed to just power through colds. Mm-hmm. Whereas with a man, it just takes you out of the knees. There's just nothing yeah. you can do about it. You're stuck in bed. It, it's <laughs> awful. You, we get fevers much higher that are much much more effective on the body. There, these are all scientific facts. So being a man is much more difficult than being a woman. Way more difficult. Way, way more difficult. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm a little tongue in cheek here. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, oh yeah, speaking, speaking of, of tongue in cheek, speaking of men, yeah. How manly would it be to sit out at the Frickin' Bun Lounge for the third annual pre-Sturgis party, July 30th and 31st. This is just down the road. Free live music, food by Elena meets the burnout stage. Well, it doesn't get much more manly than that, does it? I don't think so, Mark. Don't, don't miss out on the best party in town. Go to the Bun Lounge's third annual pre-Sturgis party, Friday, July 30th, and Saturday, July 31st. Bun Lounge, and how good does this sound, Dave? Home of the world famous shrimp Caesar. I love a good Caesar, but you toss some shrimp in there, I think it could even be even be better. So, so here's the number seven zero one seven seven two four three six six. Give them a shout. Tell Jack Gregory that Mark Rusted said if you if you if you heard about it here, he'll throw you a free beer. And that is Friday. Sweet Freedom is going to be playing. Saturday, Back for More is going to be playing. What an event. I hope I didn't, not going to run up a too big of a tab because I don't think Jack's going to swallow it. I think he's going to send me a bill. <laughs> I, already, I already talked to him. Uh, but just, yeah, get out to the Bond Lounge and, and support a local business and enjoy yourselves and watch some motorcycle burnouts and some live music and have a little fun. Bond, yeah, Bond Lounge. Last year's was great. You did what you went? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, last year's was long. Do you remember who played? I have no idea, no? Mark. Uh, I, I barely remember being there. <laughs> well, then it had to have been fun. I think I ended up like calling Barb and getting a ride home that way. Oh, it's better than driving, buddy. Yeah, not when they tow your car. Uh, it's still better. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my car towed twice in this town. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I've had my car towed way more than that. Once was at the... Uh, the hub parking lot. When they say five a.m., they mean they it. mean yeah. five a.m. <laughs> you were there as my car was getting towed away. Oh, I was. Me. Yeah, you didn't call me. I, for, oh, I didn't <laughs> didn't know what you drove. <laughs> I forgot about that. I was sitting with Scott. Where I think I think it was Scott that goes. That might be Dave's car. It had the it had the uh, I'm like it had the giant Steve Vetter side on the side of it. Who the whose car do you think that was? Oh, it could have been mine. I got that. I had that on mine too. Mark. But I would recognize my own car. Mark, you didn't have four Steve Vetter and Scott Meyer magnets across it and a giant sign that you had taped to the back windshield illegally. In, in all fairness, I was also at the bar, and so maybe not thinking as clearly as one ought to be. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, Katie, do you, have any, do you have any feelings on term limits? Do you think elected people should only be allowed to be elected for so long, or do you think as long as they want to put their hat in the ring and if people choose them, they should... They should be allowed to be there. Sure. Yes, term limits. What's that? I don't know this stuff at all. I'm like trying to catch on, but it's like. So you know how um, George Bush was only allowed to serve twice as president? Yeah. She was like 
in diapers if even yeah. born. When you know how Obama was only allowed to serve twice? Yep. Okay. Eight years. Right. So that would be his term limit. Mm-hmm. Could serve eight years. And so that's what they're modeling it after, actually. That's where they got the stupid idea from, is they set it up like the president. Eight years, two terms. Um, and so the premise is that if you don't let them stay for too long, you cut down on corruption, you cut down on institutional issues. And that's the theory behind it. Um, I, I'm, I'm not in favor, but... Well, I just think they should have done it smarter. Here's the problem with these things. It's just like the ethics commission, which I was not in favor of, is when you have words like term limits, like ethics, things like that, people look at it and go, oh, yeah, that, that's got to be good. And so this will pass just like the ethics commission did. I, here's why I don't think so. You Really? Okay, everyone, by definition, anyone who has a state legislator, that state legislator had to win a majority. So by definition, a majority in every single district likes their current representative. Okay. So when you ask someone, do you want broad term limits, they go, yes. But if you run a counter campaign, which says you'll lose your legislator, all of a sudden that support goes from here to here. And I think, for example, there are a lot of people in Grand Forks who quote-unquote support term limits until, I, until you go to them and go, hey, do you want to lose Kirk Cruin? People love Kirk. Or you go, hey, you know that means you won't have Stephen Scott or Holmberg, Owens, and Sanford. We wouldn't have any of them. Yeah, uh, well, no, we'd have Claire. That would be it. Claire would be the only one left standing. Emily would be on her last. Emily would be at eight. Yeah. Because she's at eight, so term limits means eight years, no more. Right. Okay. Emily's at eight. Claire's at, would be at four. Um, no, she actually would be a little less than that. Yeah, she'd have one left. Because she, I think that they excluded when you're put in place of somebody. Right. When she, so when she so took over for. she'd have one term left. No, she'd get two more based no, on the way No, because she's got this current one that she won in a full election. Her, Claire was just Oh, elected. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. She, she's got one left. Okay. Um, Holmberg would be gone. Owens would be gone. Sanford would be gone. In fact, the only people who would be still here would be Claire Corey and the three Democrats. Oh, goody. So that's bad? Well, as some time a Republican, yeah, that sounds like a crap deal to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Claire's, a, Claire's a, turned out to be a real nice legislator, but she'd be overpowered by Democrats but by 75%, so that would be no good. Or actually, it would be 300%. You're the numbers guy. I shouldn't be doing math. She would be right. one quarter of... She, she would be 25%, so she'd be overpowered three to one. Three to one. Yeah, so that'd be 300%. Um, basically, everyone would be gone. That What? what is just, see, we've done a lot of work around the studio. We, we're doing... Is someone sanding the floors? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what is that noise? Is it? Is, it's a spray thing. Is it... Is, are the microphones picking it up, you think? Probably, oh, yeah. Probably. <laughs> we're... We're trying to stay clean here at GFBS. Well, good. Yeah, that's where, <laughs> we're, we're following the COVID sanitation procedures. Right. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that one. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. I thought it was like feedback from Katie's microphone or something. Oh. I made sure not to chew gum this time. I didn't realize how bad it was last week. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was good not enough to where six, seven people told me to make <laughs> sure that you pl- play a bigger role on the show. Yeah. So, obviously. I knew more about politics. Well, we don't just have, I mean, the rabbit holes that we go down aren't usually politics. It's usually just, you know, nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like last time I was here, we talked about Bitcoin. Bitcoin. 
Are, yeah. are, those are all tanking now, aren't they? Don't 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 talk to me about Bitcoin. Oh, how much are you? How, how much have you lost? So I I started. I put four thousand in, and I went from four thousand to fifty thousand. That would have been a good time to get out. Yeah, yeah, it would have. Yeah, I know, right? I know. <laughs> Getting louder. <laughs> uh, Turn your mic down. Or we, how, how annoyed are you? <laughs> so uh, I'm at 14. I'm still up, but I'm 36 down from where I was. Wow. That's a down payment on a home mark. <laughs> yeah, you can't hardly do anything with $36,000. Yeah. It's a new car, a Tesla. Yeah. I should have spent I should just bought the damn Tesla. How much Bitcoin. How much are Teslas? They're only $36,000. Um the model at the Model 3 is roughly 40. Really? Yeah. You're thinking of the Model S which is like 80 grand. Which one drives themselves? I've seen YouTube videos yeah. on that. Of them. They're funny. Um so Tesla well, well, one of them's got like an autopilot, doesn't it? It's really sketchy. I've seen it on YouTube. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's great when it runs the red light and you're with your yeah. buddy and your buddy drinks heavily and goes, oh, the car's got autopilot. <laughs> if you're listening, buddy of mine in Fargo, and you know who you are. This is something you've car- experienced? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For real? I know the guy. He has like three of them. He's got three Teslas? The dude. So this guy um, basically bought into Bitcoin when it was like 200 bucks. Oh. And he has, he's got like millions of dollars worth of crypto. Literal millions. So how much did he lose when everything came crashing down recently? Um, well, a couple mil. How, how, hey, how would that be for you? On a- he, he, lost, he lost over a two, he made over a three-month period, roughly $3 million. And over that same three-month period, he lost roughly $2 million. Too many. Wow, that's, that's like hosting your own podcast on GFBS money there. <laughs> So that's 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 some real cheddar he lost. Holy yeah. mackerel! Yeah, the be best part day. was he went camping when it went down. So he didn't see it live. So he just no, comes so he back comes and he's back, like, he "Mother!" Comes, he comes dun, back. Dun, dun. So he has what are called master nodes, and there's different crypto schemes. And um, one of them is Bitcoin. That's the biggest one. But other ones pay you based on what you own. So he had one that pays roughly. He got roughly three point five dash. Um, a month. Okay, I'll, I'll just tell you the dollar amount. At the peak, he was getting, call it two, three thousand dollars a month in dividends. A little bit more. So he thinks that he's paid for his whole vacation. He's going to come back and just pay it. He gets back, and his three or four thousand a month has dropped to like fifteen hundred. And so, well, wah, wah, wah. yeah, too many eggs in that basket. I mean, I, well, he also owns apartment buildings and all that. Well, that's always a peach. And then he took out home mortgages to buy more crypto. So he sold the crypto to buy the buildings right before the tanked. And then he took out mortgages against it to buy more crypto. Well, from someone that... The guy's insane. The dabbles a little bit in apartments myself. I can tell you that it's been a struggle. And uh, actually, the, the commercial real estate is what I'm more scared about. is because a lot of these companies are tending to figure out that um, it wouldn't be that bad if half of our staff worked from home and whatever so suddenly these office buildings that you know i own could wind up you know yeah not being as desirable because people are working from home because they're scared of getting a runny nose well as someone i I think working from home is pretty pretty swood pretty solid well yeah yeah i mean if you can handle the school who, <laughs> I need to be in person, and that's kind of the way I feel too. I, 
I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to work from home. I just don't think I get it that much done. There's too much distraction at home. I mean, yeah, but when I'm working from home, I can get it all done at five in the morning. But then, do you what do you, what do you guys think about what? Zoom Zoom meetings? I mean, they're great. Oh, you like them? What was the name of the guy that that worked for like CNN and like the New York Post or Times or whatever that? Got caught masturbating on a Zoom call with all of his colleagues. What, he, what he's called is an idiot. They hired him back, Dave. They hired him back. Why? That must have been a heck of a contract. Well, Can I get that contract? I'm all a, right. Imagine facing your colleagues again after you got caught doing that. Well, it depends. Like, was, it, was it impressive or was it sad? I don't know that it mattered. I mean, I suppose. I mean, uh, it, there's some details here, Mark. Now, if I got caught with my colleagues, it, it wouldn't be great. You're, giving, you, you're the one giving out the details here. You would maybe be solid. I, <laughs> we just won't go down that road. Oh, okay, uh, Mr. Risque text to someone. Um, the uh, the uh, notion that he's still now facing these colleagues and sitting in Zoom calls after getting caught doing that is outlandish to me. Power moves only. It's, isn't that crazy? Yes, it, power moves only. You're absolutely right. It, it's just bananas. I, and and the gall it would take to walk back into work and be like, "Hey guys, brought donuts." Like, <laughs> like what were you doing with the hole in the middle of those donuts? <laughs> there's just there's just nothing. I don't know. How did I get on this? Oh, from working from home. Yeah, oh, because yeah. yeah, he was home in his underwear and. I, I don't know. You guys must have liked the look of one of his colleagues or something, and <laughs> just decided to pull the old O'Reilly special. Just decided to give her hell. <laughs> so I no, I mean, I think working from home has been genuinely great for a lot of people. I think if you've got like ADD, it's literal hell. Are you guys productive though? I mean, what most work is nonsense. Like half the stuff they have us do is garbage. Well, I guess there's that. I, I, with me, it's just I'm always fixing properties and stuff, so it's not. Well, it, it, I can't it, do that. From it, depa- home. it depends on the work, right? Like if you're having to do like virtual designs and advertisements and all, that's great. It's great. Um, if you're having to do highly detailed stuff, it's terrible. But for creative, it's great because you can literally show it to the guy on the screen, and they can tell you, "I don't like this element. Fix it." And I don't have to print it out. I don't have to drive over there. I don't have to show it to him. I don't have to listen to him complain. If I told you how much time it took when we were designing certain people's mailers, I had to drive to people's houses like 12 times to get it done. Whereas if I share it on the screen with them, I can get it done in like two hours. Can I guess who you're talking about? It's it's no one in... Grand Forks. Oh, okay. I was hoping it was a Scott rip on Scotty. <laughs> no, it was not a rip on anyone in Grand Forks. Okay. Um, he bailed out of golf tomorrow. I had to fill in. I had to fill in his spot uh, where it's the last game of the regular season, and we're fighting for fighting for playoff position. And Scotty's like, "Oh, dude, I got to be out of town. Can you fill the spot?" And I'm like, "All right, fine." And so, luckily, we did. But um, it's the last thing you want to do is going into the last. Last week of the regular season, down a guy. Well, it depends. Did you replace him with Bochinski? I should have called. <laughs> no, I, repl- I replaced him with my buddy Brad. Uh, Brad's a nice player too, but yeah, well, nobody nobody hits it off the tee like Brandon around town. I there's maybe 
a he handful must, of he guys. He must just haul that ball far. 350 supposedly. Oh, he can I mean, former hockey it. player. I've seen those videos on Barstool where hockey players or baseball players play golf and the ball just goes. Pew. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like I said, there's not a lot of par fours where he needs to pull out a driver. I mean, he's he's he can power through it. Those guys, uh, the hips and everything that is all working simultaneously. Like if I tried to, you know, swing like that, I would, I would fricking slice the ball so bad. I mean, I, mine's got to be a pendulum swing and, and, uh, and try to keep it as consistent as possible. Whereas he steps up to it. Scott Myers <laughs> beefing it up in the chat, guaranteed win every match I miss. Team wins. Actually, that's true this year, I think. Or was it true last year, Scott, too? I can't even remember. He'll text in probably yeah, again. He'll, he'll let us know. Hey, Scott. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> true podcast where you just completely go off the rails. When I'm here, I get you guys off topic. Well, we're not, we didn't really have topics. You see my huge sheet of uh, prep here that I have, Katie? This is, oh, yeah, yeah. nothing. Yeah, so we, we, we nothing but I, soundboard buttons. Yeah, I talked to Dave on the on the phone, and I said, "Hey, can you can you come in?" And he's like, "Yeah, what do you want to talk about?" I'm like, "I don't care." Okay. And so he's like, "How about these topics?" I'm like, "Sounds good to me." You gonna bring prep, or do I gotta do something? He's like, "I got it." I'm like, "All right, perfect. I'll go out <laughs> in the boat then." Because <laughs> I was at the lake, and man, that lake is down. How long have you been going to Grace Lake? Grace, my grandparents have owned it since 1988. Have you, have you ever seen it this low? No, I haven't. When I went there, what, three weeks ago for the first time, last year I could hang off the dock and my feet were in the water and I can't even touch it. Oh. It's so low. How's Pelican this year? Because it's Europe that, by that part of the country, right? By Leech? Uh, I don't know where Pelican is. We're, no. we're by Detroit you know, Lakes. You know where Nisswa is? Uh, it's not ringing a bell. You know where Brainerd is? Oh yeah, of course. We're not in that area. We're Bemidji. Oh okay. So if you go, an hour, <laughs> it's like an hour north of Brainerd. Um, my family has a lake. Well, my family's relatives have a lake, have a lake place there, and so we always kind of try to stay near there. It's near Gull Lake. Oh, I know where Gull is. Yeah, it's near I, there. Is that play? Okay. Yeah, because I've played golf a lot of it's times. It's near that horrible pizza there. place. The Zorba. absolutely horrible pizza place that everyone thinks is great. Zorba. Yeah. You don't like Zorba's. It? It's garbage. You know, Why? Really, I like it. You get free cups. Yeah, you get more than free cups. Oh, I, I think that is the greasiest, nastiest pizza. You got a bad one. You're you, you, not you, a Minnesota. You caught I've had like five of them. You caught them on a bad day. It's, yeah, it, it's generally clearly. not that way. Let me tell you what their bad days are. They end with why. You know they actually were looking see, at sponsoring the, the show. In the background? <laughs> <laughs> That's me after his orbits. <laughs> <laughs> you go into a sneezing fit. <laughs> well, yeah. Close, Zorba's is the best. Close circuit to Zorba's. If, if you want to uh, sponsor, I do not think your pizza sucks. I like it a lot. So that was the that Zorba's. Was, if you were a sponsor, I would not trash talk your pizza on the program. It's very good. You can just mute his mic. You know, if that ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all had our. Or headache or our uh, hiccups, I True. guess. I can uh, just imagine that being a live read. Speaking of horrible pizzas, uh, yeah. <laughs> this segment is brought to you by Mute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a lot of potential uh, 
uh, sponsors with pizza around Grand Forks. What's your favorite place to eat pizza, Katie? My favorite, I love the taste of Papa Murphy's. That's just That's me. what you bring home, right, and do it? Well, yeah, I like or, Papa Murphy's. I like the taste of, like, they're regular, but you can never go wrong with taco overall. Really? I like the taste of Papa Murphy's, but I like Happy Joe's taco pizza. I do like them. Yeah, that's pretty good. good. If I'm going to get a taco pizza, it's coming from them, but I, yeah. I, I, I can't not order their pepperoni or Canadian bacon just because, you know, it's kind of like if it's not uh, broken, why would you bother fixing it? And yeah. those two are so freaking good. <laughs> Happy Joe's has the best pizza in town. Happy Joe's special. But the best pizza when I am awake and want pizza is Boss's Pizza. What? I missed that. So the only time oh, I ever buy pizza is at like 2.25 in the morning <laughs> on like a Saturday. They, they, and I've got two options. They deliver at 2 in the morning? Boss does? Boss delivers till oh, 4 boss. in the morning. They do? 4 in the morning yeah, on they Saturdays. Do. Mm-hmm. And I live right across the street, so I can call them at 3.55. What in the hell are you doing awake at 3.55 yeah. in the morning? So you drink at Kelly's till 2. That's when you roll over, eat your chapstick, and go back to bed. Well, well the cab never shows up till like 3. So what do you wait outside? Yeah, usually by the taco truck, and I don't want to pay the Tacho Man $10 for two tacos. <laughs> taco Man? Tacho Man is... Tacho. Tacho Whoops. Man sells the most expensive food on this earth. What in the hell is it, even is that? I've never heard of it. Okay, so Tacho Man is this guy downtown who, now he has a truck. And Funny story. Anyway, he has a truck and he sells quote-unquote tachos, which are basically chicken tacos with uh, nacho sauce, chips, and a bunch of other nonsense poured on top of it. It's actually, it's, it's good when you're drunk. Sounds kind of good. Sober, it's, eh, he does okay. <laughs> I've never tried it. So he's always downtown? He's downtown Friday nights, Saturday nights, and then he is across the street from here usually on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. Oh, that's that food truck? That's what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, so he moves it downtown on the weekends? Yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. And it's very expensive. It's decent, but... Well, everything is now, too, though. Well, I went so- to Subway last, I think it was Wednesday, just for me, by the way. It was $16. 16 at, Oh, here we go. That, that's impressive. At Subway. What did you get? I got a... Like four feet of ham? No, I got a cold-cut combo, and I have them do the double meat, double cheese. Jimmy John's is better. A side of soup, and then uh, uh, Powerade or whatever. The, I can't remember if that's... Yeah, a fountain drink or whatever. Fountain drink, yeah. It was, it was like 15 something. Oh, no. Actually, it was 16 after the tip, because now they expect a tip at Subway, too. So if you if you go through the drive-thru, they give you a little, that little deal that's about the size of a cell phone to stick your... Uh, your credit card in, and then it says like whether you want to tip like twelve, fifteen, or twenty percent or other. Okay, so so it was like fourteen before tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I th- that's, that's okay. not terrible. Um, my pizza at two thirty, three thirty in the morning <laughs> is. <laughs> let, let me pull. It. It's twenty three dollars and like it's twenty three dollars roughly from boss pe- from boss from boss. See, we do go there from time to time, at like three thirty in the morning. Great. You want to hear something mm-hmm. freaking gross? So I like pepperoni pizza. I'm okay. not. I'm not. I'm not a big like. Uh, I don't stray away from that too often. But Jen gets nothing but extra mushrooms. 
Ew. Oh, it looks I've so never disgusting. Had okay, so I don't want to. So we get so we I'm, get half and half, right? I'm so they're on team mushroom. I'm not there on team extra mushroom. It looks like a big <laughs> slimy. So, sausage and mushroom is a solid combo. That's like a B tier pizza. <laughs> B tier. Have you ranked these all? <laughs> you have. You've gone through and ranked them, haven't you? I have had every single pizza the boss has on the menu. Have you done the challenge? No, I'm not that. Come on. That's Look, funny. I mean, I know you're looking at me and thinking I can do it, <laughs> but no. So that so this is actually, people think this has to do with how math works and how circles work. So how much larger is a 36-inch pizza than a 20-inch pizza? Oh. And don't say 16 inches. How many times larger is a... I bet you it's, I bet you it's three times. Four. Is it four? You square the radius. Well, I know, but I, I don't have a freaking ruler and a calculator in front of me, so I just sort of kind of go on. I'm off. a visual person. So when you're squaring things, it, 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 get, it, it messes with you quickly. So people think, oh, I can eat an extra large. It's, all, it's one and a half extra larges because it goes from 24 to 20 to 34. Me and a buddy, we each can eat an extra large pizza. Well, no problem. And then it gets there, and it's like the whole... I've seen... The pan. I've never seen anybody try it. I've never been there when someone tried it, but I've seen the pan. It never ends well. It takes no. the whole table. They don't even have, like, if you sit at one of the smaller tables for four, they haven't even got, like, room for beverages. Like, it is a monstrosity. And their crust isn't even that thick. And oh, I, I like their crust. It's nice and thin. Oh, it's sensational. I mean, I do really enjoy their food. Uh, but I, I have not... I, last I checked, I don't think anybody's even been able to do it. No, there was the, the, the like professional eater who rolled through on the way to the hot dog contest was able to do it. Are you got to be kidding me? A they, professional eater stopped they, in Grand Forks? They actually published this on their Facebook page. The professional eater was the first to win the challenge. Well, how did they track down the Boss Pizza? Where, were, where in Grand Forks, or near Grand Forks, is there a professional hot dog eating competition? I don't know, but I think they were coming from Minnesota and going somewhere. I don't know. It's it's on the Facebook page. Yeah, I suppose if you if you run into a run into a professional eater, yeah, they could probably tear through it. But that's like that's like having too many drinks and and getting a little frisky and running into Chuck Liddell in the bar. You know, <laughs> yeah, that guy's going to still be able to kick your. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to owe it. Katie any more money. Say it. It all goes to charity. It goes to a good cause. True. He'll, he'll be yeah. able. To, he'll be able to kick anyone's ass. Yeah. It's how much is an ass uh, comment, Katie? Well. Mm, other five cents. Oh, oh just an other oh, S word, B word, F word. Just read. There you go. You can look at what I charge. Oh, five cents. That ain't bad. I can afford tons of ass. Well, okay. My neighbor, I said, okay, I want to do like, all right, five bucks. She's ass, like, no. Ass costs way more in Vegas. <laughs> just Dave already knows that, though. Five cents. That's really not so bad. Yeah. It's affordable. Yeah. I got to bump it up, though. I think I should. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, with a Democrat President Biden, inflation is just going <laughs> through the roof. So the cost of saying ass maybe should go up to speaking of seven and a half cents. Speaking maybe. of inflation, the people who bought into that lumber jump got screwed. What do you mean bought into it? So you can buy futures and commodities, right? Sure. Oh, oh that's what you're saying. Oh, so okay. there I thought you meant an bought, individual business. There were people who bought lumber at like 1100 a board foot, and it's down to like 780 And they just got obliterated. That is a boring life, though. 
trading commodities and and worrying about the, what the price of lumber is going to do. You know, there's a there's a mill in Bemidji. I don't think it's a boring life. I think it's a spectacularly stressful life. <laughs> no, there's that too. There's a, but if you drive by the mill in Bemidji, they are sitting on so much lumber that I gotta think this is more of a transportation issue. I mean, it's towering all over there. At least it was. I didn't see it this weekend, so it would have been the weekend before. I want to say, and it was absolutely a towering stack of wood. Well, outside this place that I've never seen before. So I've been going there a long time. What happened is production and supply chains got utterly messed up because of COVID, right? And then everyone all of a sudden was staying at home. And when you're at home and you're a guy and you're bored, what do you want to do? You want to go build a shed, okay? <laughs> and I don't want to build a shed, but there, there are a lot of people who want to do dumb crap like build a shed. And so everyone went and bought a whole bunch of wood to build their bloody shed. And then everyone sees, oh, people want to build sheds now. Let's ramp up production, okay? And they finally ramp up the production, and you, you can't just go and chop down a tree. That's not how it works. You've got to cut it down. You've got to cure the wood. You've got to ship the wood. This is like a multi-month process. So now they're finally at the point where production has got up to the everyone decided to build a shed levels, and now all of a sudden nobody's building sheds. Maybe because they already built them. Yeah, and so now they're just going to be sitting on a whole bunch of product. So, so you're saying that it's not? It wasn't a transportation issue. See, the, so they had plenty of semis to get the wood to the lumber yards from the mills, but it was sheds that was causing. Well, the it, sheds, decks, okay. random guy home improvement I, projects. I, 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 you know, and I, supply lags behind demand on that good. Well, it, it, it's not like Coca Cola where they can just go and bottle a gajillion of them. You gotta literally go, you gotta cut down the tree. Once you cut down the tree, you gotta convert it to planks. Once you convert it to planks, you gotta cure it. Once you cure it, you gotta pressure treat it. Well so you've got four to five steps in this process. You're gonna have a two to three month delay. Sure. And I do realize I'm well aware of the fact that the demand side of macroeconomics is what creates inflation and raise prices. No question about it. Well, when there's more demand than there is supply, you pay more money. That's just the way it is. So but when I drive by this is an anecdote or anecdote. Of course, but when I drive by that place in Bemidji and I see that they've got that much supply, I gotta think there's a semi trailer or train uh, or ship something issue where it's not getting to the consumer because they have so much. I, I, if I was looking to build a shed right now, I'd probably go talk to them and say, "Hey, oh yeah, I'll take a little of this off your hands." Uh, if, if you can beat lumberyard prices, and I don't know what kind of contracts they have, but my guess would be it, I wouldn't be buying enough to bat an eye at anything. They'd probably go, go ahead, load it up yourself. Here's yeah. your price. Yeah. They, um, I, I think what happened is the market's going back to equilibrium. So they ramped up production and prices at the same time were doing this. And now demand is falling because of the price and the price is too high. Because all the sheds are already built. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're not going to let me get go on the shed. No, no, the, the big shed dilemma of 2021 that destroyed the lumber market, <laughs> knocked tons of people out of business, all because of sheds. That's well, it, it could be other crap too. It could be like there could be other factors in macroeconomics, but it's mostly sheds. The, the shed was an example, Mark, to prove the point of home improvement projects. Okay. What's your favorite home improvement project? 
I don't have a favorite home improvement project. You you know what I do for a living. I don't yeah, want, home I don't, improvement. I don't want to go home and <laughs> I don't want to go home and improve shit. I want to leave it just the way it is. Uh, okay, but everyone knows that guy who's got to build crap. If, yeah, it's me. Yeah. It's Mark. Okay. You know, I got to give a shout out to Carrie Ann and Jennifer. They have watched the entire show. Really? They've put up with us Those for poor people. What were they thinking? over an hour. Oh, my God, Dave. We're late. We it's, are? Yeah, it's 2.13. We should wrap this up. Do I have oh. any more? <laughs> uh, yeah, turn off the music and then I'll. Yeah. Rambling about sheds. <laughs> sheds. We, we have had a great time today. I want to thank my special guest, David Owen, and my additional co-worker here katie staus for joining us having a little bit of fun thank you for playing along this was common sense uncensored with mark russ episode 11 have a fantastic day